0: Boy, let me in.
1: You're not burnt out already. What's that meant to me? Well, you got burnt last time we saw everything.
0: For goodness' sake! <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Pro Wrestling Rollup, a TMOF wrestling podcast. Um, We are here today to talk about Extreme Rules, WWE's latest premium live event aired on Saturday the 8th of October and on the show today, around the mic tonight. Me Ash. And I am Russ. Uh, Before we do kick things off, really important, just wanted to um, just start with this one really. Today is uh, Monday 10th of October, it is... Uh, World Mental Health Day and it's just a really really important reminder to everybody out there that um, you know mental health um, is still something that requires a lot of attention it still has a long way to go Um, you know you're not alone out there and there is plenty of help out there and I think a day like today uh, is there and designed to be there so that you are um, aware of those around you and just a little bit kinder a little bit nicer to everybody but you know my hope would be that people would do that every day. So I think you know to go forwards every day being Mental Health Day um, really is is the way to go. Yeah. So, with that said, we hope you're going to have a, a good time on the show today. We've certainly got a lot of exciting bits to talk about going through the uh, the Extreme Rules show here. Extreme. Extreme, Extreme. and. I am very interested, Ash, to hear what your take on um, the the show was. So, before we begin, uh, just a quick thank you to everybody, all returning listeners. Thank you very much for coming back to us. And to everybody who's new to the show, welcome aboard. You're in for a treat.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) So, predictions-wise, let's just get this out of the way with...
1: Well, because I'm better than you at predictions again. 5-3, you beat me. Yep.
0: All right, 5-3, but... um, you know, every dog has his day.
1: What about the bitches?
0: They, them too. <laughs> well,
1: don't say that every dog has his day. What about? The, don't forget the bitches.
0: Look, I didn't make the saying. I, I didn't invent it. I'm just here, you know, chugging along.
1: All right. Because <laughs> I am using the right term. I'm not talking about women. I'm talking about the...
0: Well, I should hope not, you bloody pig. Speaking of the uh, the pig.
1: What was the pig's name again?
0: I can't remember what the pig's name was. But it was horrifying to look at in human form. (laughs) It's not Percy. That's a (laughs) sweet. Percy Pigs is a sweet in Britain. You mug. I'm just
1: hungry again.
0: I'm bloody. I'm starving. But we're going to get through this first before we eat anything. So, Extreme Rules. WWE Extreme Rules 2022. Uh, It it took place in the Wells Fargo Centre in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The Attendance, Ash, was 15,944.
1: Nice. Did they make any noise?
0: Oh, well, I suppose we'll have to get to that, won't we? Because okay, okay. I, um, I I agree. I think there was some moments of quietness, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, on the commentary team for the evening, it was Michael Cole and Corey Graves throughout the whole show. This looks like it's going to be the... Uh, that's the fixture now for premium live events moving forwards, so as they announced on commentary. Yeah,
1: because um, they've recently announced... Um, every show now on TV has got new, new new-ish commentary team. Some people say the same. Some people have gone. now. There's no Jimmy Smith anymore on Raw. No. He's gone. Uh, Nigel McGuinness has gone, unfortunately. Oh, that's a
0: big shame. But, yeah. Um, Do we I, know why?
1: I don't know. I would have thought, because he'd done that NXT level up and he'd done NXT UK, which is gone. Yeah. Uh, I would have thought they probably would have kept him on that NXT level up if they, they're still doing it. And, maybe, uh, maybe
0: they're not. Maybe it's not in the plans moving forwards, so I guess. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, if they were going to do NXT, was it Global? Which Or Europe?
0: Europe. NXT think, Europe, yeah. I think
1: that would have been... perfect sense. But, mm, uh.
0: It's a shame. But, um, yeah, obviously, there were the new commentary teams now. Wade Barrett and Michael Cole will be calling SmackDown.
1: Until Pat comes back.
0: Until Pat comes back, then we'll see what happens. But they'll have to keep Pat with Michael Cole, surely. Yeah. And then over on Raw is Corey Graves and...
1: Uh, what's his name? The Irish Kevin
0: uh, Patrick. Kevin Patrick, yeah. Kevin Patrick. So, and then I think NXT now is Booker T. And Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph. So, yeah, massive shake-ups on the commentary team. But, uh, yep, yeah, Michael Cole, Corey Graves is what we get now for all the Premium Live events, and that's what we get tonight. Uh, on the pre show was just mentioning him, uh, Kevin Patrick himself leading the panel with uh, Peter Rosenberg, Booker T, and Jerry Lawler. Uh, Jerry Lawler for most of it, at least, anyway. And the announcers for the evening was Mike Rome announcing the Raw matches and Samantha Irvin uh, announcing the SmackDown matches. And I've got to say, Samantha Irvin is incredible. Like the way that like her her, her is her style
1: right. of
0: the announcing. Like, oh yeah, no, she's very lovely, but her no, style. It
1: wasn't. It wasn't that. It's just the way you said. It, incredible. She is
0: incredible. I, I I got the when we was at Clash at the Castle. Yeah. Because I think she did all of the announcing that night didn't she I don't remember Mike Roan being there
1: I like I've still uh, haven't watched the pre-show I've, I've only seen the match I've seen the match back the I'm sure
0: I, I don't know I could be wrong but I think Samantha Irvin is is calls the whole show at clash but um, she's just got that it's when she gets into that growl of when she's announcing and I, it's just like she's into it man and it gets it works for me is I think she, she's great
1: is she more of a Renee Young or is she more of like a no
0: yes yeah, so, like very different Renee Young's great but um it was great in obviously wwe um renee piquet obviously going into aw soon by the looks of it but yeah no she was great but this is very different like this is announcing isn't it it's not backstage interviewing um you know she's just she's got her own style she's got she put her stamp on it and it works for me i really like it uh but yeah that was the pretty much the the personnel for the evening um so extreme rules then ash this was do we know what annual extreme rules this was um, uh, hang on. So the 13th, first one... 12, 13th? 12, 13, Well, this is where quick maths has got to come into play. So the first one was, as a pay-per-view, obviously what it was then, pay-per-view, was
1: 2009. Oh, uh, yeah, it would be, yeah, got,
0: If you're going from that, obviously it's it's originated from the One Night Stand pay-per-view. So when ECW had that One Night Stand show in 2005, which is absolutely incredible if you've never seen it go uh, on.
1: One of the best produced... WWE technically produced...
0: WWE W's. produced but it was very much an the ECW, ECW film. show
1: it was an yeah. ECW feel for me
0: and then it was kind of one night stand still for a bit and then it, it kind of became one night stand with WWE but one night stand with the, the tagline of Extreme Rules yeah, it just felt, and then it, eventually became just Extreme Rules it just
1: felt weird calling it one night stand when they kept doing it
0: <laughs> yeah I suppose that's why they dropped the name it makes sense Yeah, but yeah Extreme Rules and plus
1: you can't have a one night stand match can you
0: that's I don't know how that would go <laughs> It's not PG, anyway.
1: No.
0: This is also the first show in a really long time, premium live event, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, that had no male championships on the line.
1: No, when when was the last one?
0: It's a good question. One that I wasn't prepared for you to ask, so I don't have the answer. Well, you should... I'm sorry, but, you know, (laughs) it'd be like that sometimes. I don't know. I actually don't know if there's ever been a premium live event with no men's titles on the line.
1: Uh, well, excluding um Evolution.
0: Now, yeah, of course, were. but that was an all women's show. It's a bit, a bit weird. Maybe maybe
1: worse. like su- the early Survivor why are you scene? saying that? Was the twenty four seven
0: title on the line? Did that did that no. get exchanged at Evolution? No. I
1: don't think no? it was. Maybe apart from probably like the early lim- uh Survivor series and early Royal Rumbles, maybe
0: I'm pretty sure even IC title would have been on the line at some point.
1: Uh, well, the, the first like two or three series so would have been um, just the tag matches. Wow. So, um,
0: Could be a really long time, and we're talking decades, potentially. Probably. We'll have to fact-check that at some point, and then never come back to it. So, <laughs> But yeah, it's, despite no championship matches, uh, at least men's championship matches, and only two championships on the line during the show, the buzz around it was surreal. And that was largely in part due to the White Rabbit. Yes. Which, again, what we said in the predictions was so well done. One of the best sort of mystery, without a kind of mystery, but also not a mystery, because it was always kind of obvious it was going to be Bray.
1: Oh, definitely. Um,
0: until Ryback took to TikTok and social media saying it was going to be him.
1: <laughs> and, I suppose no one said CM Punk. and. Ah, uh,
0: uh, it's never going to be Punk. I love Mick Foley's one on Facebook saying the White Rabbit was dude love. You know, I wouldn't have been mad. I'd have been happy with that. Uh, <laughs> but no, this this was it was great. It was perfect. And we'll come to it at the end of the review, because it happens at the end of the show. The uh, the White Rabbit reveal being Bray Wyatt, of course.
1: But to be fair, there was several hints during the show. Was...
0: There was, yeah. So during the pre-show, it cut off Peter Rosenberg at one point, you know, the rabbit going into the X, and then it happened during the uh, Brawling Brutes entrance of the opening match, which we'll come to now.
1: And the one thing I did like was that it was like nothing happened. It wasn't like um what was that that just happened we, we didn't get we just got cut off by some weird rabbit going down a neck. yeah, they just carried carried yeah, on' it's like calling it, it's it, yeah. like nothing happened.
0: but the whole the whole thing going into the show, the whole spectacle and mystery aura surrounding this white rabbit and people really kind of getting into the idea that it's going to be Bray really behind it. they were very excited to see Bray. We were all really excited to see him come back I think um that really did add to the excitement level for this show. But I think, yeah, it it did, do, I think it does affect the crowd at some point, which we've joked about a little bit there, but we will come to it because it, I think it does impact them at one point. Um, yes, it does TNA them a bit. It does, <laughs> it does total non-stop action them at one point. But yeah, it was fantastic. But then obviously not just because of the White Rabbit stuff. The matches themselves were very intriguing. Like we said, a lot of variety. Every match was different, but had its own stipulation. It was its own special match type. Everything fit within the Extreme Rules moniker. And uh, all of the matches had stories behind them, more importantly. There's been stories yeah, building was, there for uh, some time, like some was, obviously longer than others. Yeah, but. It
1: wasn't like they just brought in a match out of nowhere.
0: No. Every single match on there was storyline driven. And I think that is probably the biggest takeaway, which is that you don't always need the title to be on the line to really enjoy... Um, Not just a premium live event, but to also buy into it. Like it can still have credibility without there being championships on the line, if the storylines are something you can invest in. And I think this was a big step for Triple H. I think in that regard, and he's proven that championships or not, he can make. You know, make he's giving back credibility where there was credibility lacking for so long Mm. in these guys. You know, I don't think five. Well, a few months ago. I don't think anyone would have been really interested in a, a premium live event that didn't really have any championships on the line.
1: But let's be honest, if Vince was still about half the people that were on this show, probably wouldn't be on the show.
0: Well, well, yeah, you wouldn't have had carrying cross for one. Uh. <laughs> That's a lot. We'll we'll go into the first match then. So we're we going to give ratings. I, of course, go for the trophy system because uh, I just like being different.
1: From a guy that has an Xbox and uses that the most.
0: I Absolutely. But, you know, it's... I've ripped off PlayStation. I used to play PlayStation. I've occasionally still played Ghost of Tsushima, All right. but you know, Xbox just better machine. What can I say? Don't hate the player,
1: I hate the game console. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the f- the opening match then was the brawling brutes versus Imperium, a six on six match. Two years in a row, the show's opened with a, a six man. Um, this was a good old fashioned, the good old fashioned Donnybrook match. So. Ash, what was the sort of concept behind this match?
1: Well, basically, it was just a, they had Shelanes, which uh, got bigger since finnish retired.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's turned into a staff now. It's like Gandalf staff.
1: Yeah. Um, but the, the funny thing was, it was basically like a no-holds-barred uh, pub fight. Yeah. If you think about it, there was, a tiny little bar there. There was no. There was no. Except, I definitely really said what you could can do if there was any you can do it was just basically the shillelaghs and like
0: well, it's no holds barred isn't yeah. it and it was no no disqualification as it should be at extreme rules but
1: just it could have, if it was just called a no dq match i would have been okay with it
0: yeah i suppose it was just to give a little bit more of a yeah because you, know, you had those barrels at ringside as well and they didn't they didn't really get used that they the, the bar yeah, top did um and the sheleley's got the most use but you know, it was good because again, we, we saw throughout the show, which will be a running theme, but each match um, being an extreme rules type match, you know, in, in the sense that no disqualifications, weapons allowed, etc., that it could have been quite easy to just keep using the same weapons in each match. And we didn't see that. And, oh. and this was like a good way to set the, the tone for it, because we did just see shillelaghs. We just saw barrels at a bar top. <laughs> you know? So that was, and that was it. They didn't use any other type of weapon. And honestly, it didn't need it because this match was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, I loved the picture of Seamus. Was it his great uncle? Or great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Gunter smashes it. I think it was Gunter or one of the others.
1: Yeah. Cause they just, bait, they just throw him into the. uh Yeah.
0: This match had the um, the feel that it was just kind of, it was carnage at one point, you know, because the barricade breaks, but like, it wasn't a barricade spot. To, yeah, I don't think it was meant to. No, it wasn't. Thing. I think it looks like just Pete, well, sorry, Butch just sort of like foot like fell into it and it kind of just went down. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, honestly, it added to the whole kind of feel for the match, didn't it? Because it was, it, it was a brawl. We expected a brawl and we got a brawl. And I genuinely feel that this is probably one of the best matches on the night. I think It's probably my second favorite match of the night. This one,
1: uh, it's, it's close because I've got a few other okay. Um, the thing that helped this match was that on the SmackDown the, the night before with the um rematch from Gunther and Sheamus,
0: yeah, of course, which was an absolute banger, yeah. Um, <laughs> pun, pun intended, it was though, wasn't it? It was, it lived up to that Clash at the Castle uh encounter and more,
1: Definitely. I think.
0: and. It added just new layers into this rivalry, which again, really clean to see. You know, Gunter saying that he doesn't want to use weapons, but use the weapon. You had that kind of controversial finish where it, he tapped, but he doesn't tap because it's only two taps, yeah, and that's I like don't... an unwritten rule somewhere. Yeah,
1: apparently, it's like you have to tap three times, but I've seen, I'm sure I've seen matches where it's been one tap and done. <laughs> yeah. But just, that's what, like, with um, anything really, like, but when they stopped doing the um, three arm down. Um, in a, like a sleeper hole. Now it's just the one, because
0: that's what... It's referee discretion, yeah. is I think how they describe it, which is fair enough. But um, yeah, it, it was it was really good. I, I called Brawling Brutes to win it, and that was the only one that I got right and you didn't yeah, in no. the night. <laughs> and again, we, we called those predictions before SmackDown had aired as well, so we haven't actually seen that match at the point of, of no. recording those. But yeah, I think... Had you'd seen that, you probably would have gone brawling, brutes. Probably, and you could have had a full six. But sucks to be you. Um, Still one, yeah, but well, you know, whatever. So <laughs> the match, though, big spots in there that really stick out for me. Um, there was there was a lot of points. Imperium kind of dominated most of this match, didn't they? Fair enough, yeah. Which was abso- absolutely fine, made complete sense. They did good. Um, there were some good spots, obviously, where they take you know Sheamus had be taken out. And then it was kind of just three-on-one situations or maybe three-on-two. And that kind of continued for a while. But then we got that kind of cool spot where they finally all got their, their win back. And it was just all three of them kicking the crap out of Gunter. So Seamus yeah, is that. delivering the Ten uh, the uh, ten Bells of the uh, Bowery. Bowery. And then the <laughs> Bush and Ridge are just then just
1: kicking the crap out of him. And well, it looked great. Yeah, more, more Bush and Ridge. Do you know what? The, oh, yeah. As it, much as I love them it... it match the weird thing for me it's rich holland's a face he looks more he should be a heel to me and the fact the fact that people kind of it feels like maybe i'm thinking that because he was the one responsible biggie's broken neck and it's like i, I don't, don't know, know. i it's, think i think you
0: can see past that you, you can't
1: i think obviously everyone loves sheamus
0: yeah but i i've got to say i, I don't agree with the um like we said, like when when we talked about it when it first happened, it's really difficult because like we're we're not wrestlers, and I don't I think anybody that isn't in the ring and actually doing the moves doesn't really like. Obviously, everybody's entitled to opinion, of course, but you know, realistically, the opinion doesn't really hold any weight if you're not in there doing it yourself. Um, I fully appreciate that, and it's it's you know there's no way we can sit here and be like well he should have done this it, should have done that. The, the, everybody that's involved in it all said the same thing. It was just one of those things. It just happened.
1: It's, it's the same way in like kayfabe when Rikishi ran over Stone Cold and like six months later he's a face. <laughs> yeah, that's completely different. I know, I know, I know that's kayfabe <laughs> that's and like, completely different. But like it feels weird that because uh, uh, he's a
0: face by uh, association at fa- this he, point.
1: He, yeah, so he's only a face because of Sheamus. They're, Him and Butch have not really done anything face-like.
0: Well, Butch, I mean, Butch was already going to be cheered anyway. And he's kind of, because he had that name change, sometimes that sort of gets the crowd more behind somebody. Because if you kind of feel like they're about to be screwed over and they're one of your favourites, and Pete Dunne really is like a fan favourite coming up from NXT and NXT UK, you know, I think that kind of almost riles people up even more to be like, to get behind them. Um but you know, by association, both of them are faced now because of Sheamus and the you know, the match at Clash at the Castle. So, you know, we'll have to see where it all goes. But after this match, it was great. They get a win back, and they did need that in this feud. Yeah, um, you can't have it all be Imperium. But you know, we'll see whether or not down the line, if Sheamus and Gunter have a third match, if Sheamus will take the title off of him. I, think, I kind of feel like he will.
1: I think with the way that the icy title match on SmackDown finished, they will do a rematch. Yeah, but, but it's
0: or maybe Ridge or or Butch turns. Because um, I don't know how long they'll do the brawling brutes for. I don't, I, I don't know. But for as long as it's there, it's great. And if we continue getting matches like this, it's it's fantastic. Um, what I, would
1: you? My highlight of the match was the yeah. um, Irish cross to, do, to the announce table. Oh yeah, Yeah. Because the ease, Sheamus just lifted him, could Gunter up, and just walked like a few steps. Oh, he's
0: a big, strong boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I also really cool to see the announce table go in the first like match as well.
1: Felt, yeah, I felt like. Um, the only match they could have done it, apart yeah. from maybe the extreme rules match, but
0: yeah. What would you give this one?
1: I'll give it four and a half.
0: So with my trophy system, the trusty old trophy system, I'd give this one a gold.
1: Okay. Out of
0: out of I mean, I a match can either get no trophy, it can be bronze, silver, gold or platinum. And sometimes like the melter scale, you have to break the the system and it goes beyond. So I don't know, you had a few jewels or so, a Plus at the end, I don't know. The, the trophy beyond. <laughs> the trophy beyond. But yeah, this was gold for me. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, after this match, we do get the um, women, SmackDown Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. Now, I think before this, WWE started doing this thing now where they're playing these video packages in between each match. And I guess, again, for the yeah. Peacock audience, one of the ones I do want to just point this out because I wouldn't usually do this, but this one I genuinely felt was just so well done. It was a Bianca Belair one. I love that one. It felt like, I feel like she's got a story there. That could be a documentary. That should be like, she should have her her own 24 episode.
1: Have they done one already?
0: I don't know. Maybe they have and I've just not seen it. But that's, I mean, that felt like a, you know, really good story. And I love that. I I love that it just, it gives more reason to care about the people. Um, I think it it works better when it's people that aren't already on the show. Yeah. Because it kind of helps build up people that aren't on the show. But it's like, oh yeah, look at me. I'm still Billy Big Bollocks. Kind of a big deal. But, you know, yeah, I loved that one. And then I will mention it now, actually, just before we go into the match, just to get it sort of out the way with. But uh, we did have these kind of like running gags with the Miz through the night. And the, what's his name, the mascot for the Phillies? I
1: can't remember. Is it the Eagles? It's the uh, Phillies, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, Philly Philly Eagles, isn't it? Philadelphia Eagles,
1: isn't it? The Eagles are the, I can't, I I couldn't tell you what the name was.
0: It is Philadelphia Eagles, it's the football team.
1: Yeah, the Eagles are the football team, but this is the hockey stadium, was not it? The Flyers. Yeah,
0: the Flyers. Um, The Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers, that was it. I don't know what the mascot's name was, but him and the Miz, he's trying to get the Miz to put the Extreme Rules shirt on and it's not happening. And Miz is kind of going through the night um, saying he's... It's kind of funny because the idea is that Maurice is going to be throwing him a a birthday party tonight on Raw, isn't she? And he's worried that Dexter Loomis is going to show up and you know obviously do Dexter Loomis things to him whatever that entails. Hopefully it's not and Heidenreich. But it's. <laughs> but he's, he's saying like he's going to show up and he's going to talk to Triple H to kind of like get everything sorted out, ready for his birthday night the next night, even though his birthday was actually at Extreme Rules. Um, but the, the skit's kind of like, it was three different skits, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And it goes all the way up till just before the main event match. And I just thought, does it really take you three hours to get to Triple H's door? But yeah, he kind of like, he's constantly getting annoyed by the mascot. And then at the end, um, he lays the mascot out and then Dexter Loomis, um, out, of out of nowhere, puts him in his kind of that chokehold and then the mascot gets a kick in as well for good measure and they walk yeah, off. I was hoping they were going to hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's a fun little thing. i you suppose know, supposed to get a little pop from the, the Philadelphia audience. And it's, but, and
1: it's one of the things that Miz said that made me laugh was like, just because I'm not on the show doesn't mean I can't be here.
0: That's true. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you if it takes him that long like I said if it takes you that long to find a, somebody's room then you're was, in trouble
1: because I, I, I was hoping we were going to talk about this before the match but when um, Michael Cole says I hate the mascot I hate Philadelphia Flyers. I think he says and <laughs> and I hate Bailey that's so annoying <laughs> it's like, Michael could, Cole we can heal Michael Cole for the first time in ages it's great
0: we'll get to well yeah I mean he undoes that a little bit later in the yeah. night we'll come to Michael Cole's goated moment um But yeah, the the second match of the night then, SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey taking on Liv Morgan, who's looking to retain here. It's the Extreme Rules match, the only Extreme Rules match of the night um, with that moniker. This one was probably the um, one I was least excited about going in. Um, But uh, what happened sort of after the match or in the closing moments of the match, I found quite interesting. But what did you think of the whole match?
1: Uh, Sloppy. Because there were some bits where they just stood there, and there were some bit moments when they just like um, were tapping each other with the bat, which is weird. The one bit I did like was the when Liv does the dive of the I think it was on the apron, and then um, Rhonda just whacks her with with the bat. Yeah, and that was a good spot. And then like she just kept tapping her and like the ass and the leg and like everywhere else. It looked like with the bat, just like to undersell. It, it reminded me of um, the. The um, what's it called? Untouchables parody that Simpsons did, <laughs> where Mr. Burns hits the um, guy in the back of the head with the bat, and just keeps tapping him, and the guy's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that! That's annoying." Now.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I don't want to be like overly harsh about the match, really, because the thing is, again, difficult spot. They're following uh, a, an amazing opener, and second match of the night is always a tricky one.
1: I They're in it, front of
0: Philadelphia fans.
1: Yeah, I did find it weird that Rhonda got booed because I thought she was being portrayed as the face in this
0: Philadelphia though. Like each town's got their own yeah. thing, haven't they? And I just for this one, I think they was just they was in a, again a bit of a tough spot. But also for me, the thing that sort of stuck out the most was a. Uh, it sounds a bit it makes me sound a bit like a hypocrite, really, but it just felt a tad long.
1: Well, that's what you needed with these with six match, six <sighs> matches. You can't I'm, you can't only do like.
0: But I feel like some should be shorter, though. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have every match. The thing is, what makes this quite difficult is that if they'd have gone too short with it, we'd have all sat around and we'd have gone, oh, well, they've not even given it a chance because it's only six minutes, five minutes, whatever. And then we'd have all moaned about it. And then going the other way with it, we're sitting here and it's like, well, I am. Sitting here and it's like, uh, do you know, it's a bit long. <laughs> you know, there's somewhere in the middle is Goldilocks porridge, and it just—I don't think it quite got there. And I, I don't know if it is because the match was how it was, like how you said, there were points where it just kind of felt like it—it plodded instead of told and a story. Like there wasn't, you know, the the eye quit, which we'll come to, was very slow building, yeah. especially at the beginning, but didn't feel like it was ever plodding along. It was still telling the story, th- whereas this one did feel. I don't know. Yeah, maybe sloppy is the right word. I don't. Know. I just don't want to it's be harsh felt, with it. it but it, it's just there. There were points where it did feel a bit.
1: There were some big like, moments when it didn't feel like an stream Rules match. Yeah, really. I know. I know you don't have to be every weapon and everything, but um... I think. But you know,
0: let's let's give credit where it's due, though. I mean, you're saying about tapping the bat, um, tapping the bat at some points, but the first strike I think from Ronda um, to the to the abdomen yeah that, one, that one I think the one album. where it looks like it actually left the well like that looked that like that sucked yeah because yeah, you can hear it yeah and that was really good and then like yeah when she was like hitting her in the arse with the, it and stuff and, and the fact
1: and, they did a whipping spot before the before they have a strap match I know that we didn't know it was going to be the next match or anything but because there's a bit yeah the bit where them Ronda gets lived tied up against the ring post which I didn't realise it was the old ring post until that match yeah but it's yeah. only probably because of the the uh, fight pit
0: yeah, yeah, I'd probably, I'd imagine so. But that, mind you, they used the old ring posts at Clash as well. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, you might be right, though. It could, be, you know, Fight Pit probably had to be. But, um,
1: one, thing, one thing, I'm, I swear I heard my Cole say was the first ever Extreme Rules match was Jack Swagger against Randy Orton. Which, <laughs> wow. <laughs> which I don't think it's true. I swear, like, Jeff Hardy and Undertaker did it like a couple of years before that.
0: I, I, I haven't really got much more to say about this one. I'd, I'd give it a bronze overall. I will still give it a trophy because I liked the storytelling towards the end, like live smiling oh, end, and the laughing. End.
1: The, the end was good. But, and, I, but could you tell what uh, Rhonda was trying to do? Because
0: um, <sighs> I think it's just one of those. You, you, we've just got to just sort of accept it for what it is and just move on from it. And now just see what happens with Rhonda's run going forwards. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I just want her and Baszler. Let's just get it on because that'll be a really interesting angle to help tie things over a little bit further as we can, kind of come to the end of the year because we all kind of want, I think, Becky Lynch and Rhonda finally getting their one-on-one at Mania. You know, it's I, I feel like that probably is going to be coming but let's, let's you know, let's give her something really good in the meantime and I think her and Baszler is what we need. Yeah. Liv's a tough opponent for Rhonda because there's only so much that you can do, isn't there? Rhonda's an absolute killer and Liv Morgan doesn't come across as that sort of character and those sort of characters are always going to be really tricky going up against underdogs like Liv because there's no believable way to kind of beat them up in the match and I, and I think that's what they struggled with a bit here but I don't think by any stretch it was a bad match it certainly is enjoyable just a tad long for me and that's I'll just get, I'll give it a bronze I like the 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 laugh and the smile at the end it seems like potentially it could play into the uh, Bray Wyatt thing and like Maybe. you said, obviously Liv being with Bo and we from our understanding Bo is coming back. Bo Dallas is, is gonna be coming back. So I guess we'll see. We'll,
1: well see. Um I'll give it a because like I said sloppy at parts and didn't really grab my attention as much as I thought it could have done.
0: Mm. With,
1: like I said, um they probably relied on the bat a bit too much. Yeah. But um the table spot was good. Even though they kinda of did that with Lacey Evans.
0: <laughs> but um <laughs> So third match of the night, then, Ash. This yeah. is the one we thought was going to be the main event.
1: The, well, yeah, the trap
0: match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Krav. How stupid do we feel? But I thought because... Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. I, a lot of people I thought, thought it the was,
1: same. I thought it was going to lead up to uh, the first Bray rivalry, but there's always tonight a Raw, so...
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think the the, it, the main event was always kind of a toss-up between this and the I quit, and it was neither. So, but yeah, this one... Carrying Cross's first ever match, um, well, s- s- singles match on a on a premium live event. First
1: premium live first event. event. Well, even before he got released.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: um, but his first, fur- like second or third match since he he's come back.
0: Yeah, but fir- yeah, but first ever premium live event. At least we got to see Carrying Cross like the killer right. Cross
1: of Karrion Cross. I'm just gonna get this out of the way now. I don't know what happened because I got distracted by Scarlet. I think outfit.
0: the entire world got distracted by Scarlet. It was an outrageous outfit, and not in a bad way. No, <laughs> no, she yeah, she looks incredible. But um,
1: the one thing, the one thing before the match was the entrance for Karen Cross looks good on camera, but doesn't look the same on when you're in the arena or when you watch it live. Because the way that, the way it's shot is brilliant by having um, Sky doing the the um, oh, yeah sync to the, the words, and then Karen and then she gets up the way and Karen Cross is there. What does it look like in, in live? Because I don't think it.
0: It's... I still think, I bet it looks fine. <laughs> you, can't, you can't complain. It looks great right. on TV. And that's, you know, most. Yes, The majority, majority of the time, we're going to be watching it on TV unless you fancy running over to the States every week. Well, when they uh, do, every week.
1: When they do um, their tour in the next month or so, whenever. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I guess we'll find out if we go then.
1: Well, if it's happening. Cause what what did you
0: think else. of the actual match itself?
1: I like the way that it started with carrying across doing the heel thing of, do you want to be instructed nah i'm not happy then, yeah refusing
0: then. to put the strap on <laughs> come on there's yeah, always gonna be a joke there was. a strap match for goodness sake
1: um but the fact it didn't it, it, the fact it wasn't <laughs> it was only like over 10 minutes or so but it, because <laughs> so carry on But because the beat down before the match and it was a lot of um build up to get the strap on <laughs> to cross his arm.
0: Yeah. I'm going to sound like a broken record here and I, I'm probably, I'm just going to come across like a bit of a um, a tick probably, but I've got to be honest, this match was probably the most underwhelming. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have, and I'm not being horrible again, but I, I didn't have high expectations for Ronda and Liv. Um, what we got was fine, mm. but I had higher expectations for this match. And, I, and that's probably my own fault because I sort of put it on that pedestal that it was going to be the main event. Maybe there was a lot more happening with it. But even even when you removed that, I watched it back and I just was like, you know, it's just... It, it just wasn't... It just didn't grab me as much
1: as I thought it would have done. Well, I always said that I don't like the strap match. No, but I, I but think... Because th- th- because, what, because this was a pinfall submission. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, and that's great. I like more than they,
0: they said that, they clarified it on the pre-show, it won't be four corners. Good. AEW, whether you like it or not, and I'm not making this a WW versus AEW thing, but... <laughs> a AEW, I oh know, but AEW's um, strap matches have been great. Right. They've been really entertaining. They've been they've been exciting. This one, I feel like maybe as well again my own fault, but putting it on that pedestal of like comparing it to how AEW's done theirs. And plus, it just didn't the, quite live up. They
1: got the advantage of TV14 and blurred and pretty... which we
0: said, you know, we know we wouldn't see blurred, and no. and I, I think <laughs> there is only so much you can do with it. Right. It just felt a little sluggish this one for me, and again, time wise. This is one of those where I think probably five minutes shaved off of it would have probably helped. Probably. Um, um, but it, yeah, for what it was, it's fine. But for me, I'll just say now it's a bronze again. Um, it's still good. And I, and I still like the implications of what can happen after this because although, like you said, like with every match being an extreme rules, no DQ kind of thing, nothing's really a clean finish. But this was another one of those where it was like a,
1: it was never one where it had like a double, a double dirty finish, and it felt a bit like the last match where they relied a bit too much. I know it's a strap match, but a bit too much on doing the the whipping part. But I did like some bits of commentary about this. Yeah, um, Michael Cole referring to Sting versus Vader as one of the best WWE. <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: You won't. But, it. It, but um,
1: <laughs> like, he did mention The Rock, um, Triple H from. from uh, what was it? Uh, oh wow! Follow, yeah, Funny load ninety nine, which is a very good match. Completely forgot about that one. Um, and um, Corey Grace saying about isn't a country ripping match. You're not. <laughs> you're not going to be wearing bubble wrap again. <laughs> I don't know. But, it's, um
0: it was fine. I'd still. I don't necessarily want to see these two stop feuding. I just think that you know, as it stands,
1: it just didn't captivate me. No. I'll give it a slight edge over the extreme wolves match, but not by much. But I'm going at two point two five. Okay. Not
0: see. This is where you get dogged down by numbers. But it's like getting uh, the numbers rule your life.
1: It wasn't. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just. It was kind of lower middle.
0: Yeah. No, there wasn't a bad match on the on this whole show. But it's just like just to clarify that uh, the whole show was pretty solid. And you're always going to have some matches better than others. It just is what it now, is.
1: No, I've never been pepper spray, but I've not seen. I've seen a lot of pepper spray footage. <laughs> oh
0: my god! If that was real pepper spray, Drew would not have a face left.
1: <laughs> I mean, she emptied the whole bottle
0: on it. I love the fact that Corey
1: Graves actually picked it up and gone oh, pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't and know. Does it's... it? Does it? Has it? Now that Drew's lost two in a row in big, big Premier Live events.
0: Yeah, but look at Seth. Seth. Seth lost loads in a row. He's well, only won one this year. Well,
1: and I've won and, one in
0: like two years
1: or whatever it is. Yeah, and,
0: and look at him. He's still, you know, I, I don't... I, if the booking's right, you know, if the booking's done well, and I'm not a booker, I can't tell you how to do it, but I know I, I watch the product and I know, for me, what works for me and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So what's good for me and what's what doesn't interest me. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like when it's done in a certain way and it's a certain way that caters to what I like in wrestling... Then it doesn't matter. Like if people continue to lose, as long as what they as long as they remain relevant and they still have some credibility. I, I agree. After a while, if you keep losing and losing and losing, you lose that credibility. Ironically, back to Bray Wyatt with that original kind of Bray Wyatt character before he kind of debuted the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend. Yeah, that was the issue with Bray. Then was that he would do all that talking and all this kind of big build and these big kind of over the top promos and Mystique and everything else. And I, don't then remember, go...
1: I don't remember him seeing in Mystique.
0: <laughs> and then he'd go into the match and he'd lose. Every one of them, well, basically.
1: Do you remember he was called the eater of pins? The eater of pins, well, yeah.
0: yeah the... He was, though, you know, and uh, Again, I swear it just it depends how it's booked, doesn't it? But yeah, that was that was that one. We come then to the fourth match of the night. This is now the final championship match of the evening. It's Bailey taking on the raw women's champion Bianca Belair in a ladder match. The first time ever. Uh, singles, uh, women's ladder match on WWE television. So, this one, Ash, what did you think? Um, I'm gonna. St- I, I want to get one thing out of the way. Go on. Bailey's entrance. The guy in the crowd with the sign.
1: <laughs> the shockmaster sign.
0: <laughs> even the shockmaster wouldn't fall for you. I was howling, man. That was so. F- it got me. It's like I don't know what time in the morning it is here as well at this point, but like I just sat on my own <laughs> and just laughing. It's like that's brilliant. It was such a, I think he had some other signs in the night. There was a I, few signs, but I
1: couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you what they were. Whoever doing.
0: that guy is, man, you won extreme rules. But it was yeah, I just what I wanted to say, because it was just I love a good sign.
1: It's just another it, it was another <laughs> case of this show after being at Crash where Bailey was so loved. I just felt like it was another American audience, really, where they don't get it like we do.
0: Yeah, but again, it's one of those. Philadelphia's a tough crowd, anyway, and like we said before, it's different for us. That like it was, it, it, you know, we get a show over here, we don't get it often, so no. we're going to lose our, you know, we're going to blow our nuts. So it's it's just different.
1: Um, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying once again, it's just another. Bits. There were some bits which were sloppy, but it wasn't as bad as the Extreme Rules match. Um, my favourite part of the match, know this is not a move or whatever, until the until the the um finish, when Bailey goes to, to a, I think like a little kid in the crowd, when they're on the outside. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't <laughs> suck. I'm winning. <laughs> I love Bailey. I think man. I think she's stole that from Roman Reigns a few times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love both of these. There, yeah. there was the interference, which of course there was always going to be from the Damage. rest of Damage Control. Yeah. Leo Sky and uh, Dakota Kai coming out, but um, Bianca Belair delivers it. Almost, almost didn't work out, but again, Bianca Belair is freakishly strong. Yeah, and you know, hats off because she re- she's an athlete. But oh, yeah, yeah, she she's gotten both up. Quick one, but she had them both up on the shoulders and delivers the like a, a variation, I suppose, of a K.O.D. But to both of them at the same time, which was super impressive. That
1: was good, and the, and the um the one she did on Bailey at the finish.
0: Well, the finish. So the, I wanted to talk about that because it looks as though it it should have gone down a bit differently. Because before, obviously, she goes over to Bailey. Um, she there's so the ladder's set up in the ring, which is the one ultimately she'll climb to retrieve the belt. But there's one on the floor. Now she goes over to this one on the floor and opens it, and even pulls out the the um, support things in the middle to make sure it stays open. She then goes over to Bailey and there's like half of a ladder left from some spots earlier on. And she lifts Bailey up for the KOD and Bailey's still holding onto this ladder, like this half a ladder. And it looks as though she was supposed to walk sort of around the, the ladder that's set up in the ring and over to the one she's just like props open to deliver it onto that ladder. Mm -hmm. And it looks as though because like, you know, because the way that Bailey's holding the ladder and stuff like she couldn't get around the obstacles, so she just has to deliver it like normally on the mat. And I think with that in mind, Bailey's not um, repositioned like her hands because it looked to me as though when she landed, she comes down full force and her fingers are still under the, the yeah. ladder rungs. And she just immediately drew, like grabs her fingers. And I was just like, you know, it's sometimes when you just see something happen on screen, but you feel it oh definitely and that was one of them I was like oh that's like the most extreme thing I've seen all evening so far <laughs> it's, just, it's like stubbing your toe isn't it it's just you yeah. know give me someone stubbing their toe at extreme rolls oh, that yeah. that I would cringe at
1: well did you um, see uh, this is going back to the extreme Rules match between uh, Rhonda and Liv they were going to do a Lego spot but they thought no AEW <laughs> did it before ah so.
0: oh, yeah there's only so much you because that's yeah they'll just be called out for doing that yeah. But um, yeah, I, I liked it. The finish was really good. I I, I thought this at first about, you know, uh, some sloppy bits. But then, was it really, though? Because,
1: even, again, I've if this before, is the
0: first ever women's ladder match, how often... It's not like they've got all this experience and practice of being in other ladder matches.
1: Well, Bailey won the, the Money in the Bank. I'm okay, sure that's, Bianca, that's one sure, match. I'm sure Bianca's been in one or two. Like, even when, when have, we, have we talked about... On NXT with the uh, war games, they all did a ladder match. To-
0: yeah, but in, in comparison, though, to other guys, so when you look at the men, and uh, when you have ladder matches, whether they're one-on-ones or multiple men, there's always someone in there that's like, oh, he's the ladder match guy. Like, he's the, he's going to do the crazy stuff. Or, do you know what I mean? There's always something like that. Yeah. Because they've built that experience over time. And, and that's years and years worth. And the women are only just starting to, like, get a foot in the door, it, it seems, like, with being on par with doing what the men do, you know, yeah. it's, it's come a lot later than it obviously should have done. But like what? good that it's here. But that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it's just going to take time.
1: It's like five years since it's like the first woman head on sale and the first woman's ladder. It, uh, it's gone quick, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's gone really quick. Uh, I, I liked this one, to be good, honest it's with it's you. It is a good match. Um, did you um, hear them saying the word Sasha Banks?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I, that, I think that's imminent. Well, not imminent. I don't know. We we might still be waiting a, a little while for that because she's doing her own thing. But mm. um, I would be very surprised if we don't see Sasha Banks back in a WWE ring in I, the next 12 months.
1: Well, I'm saying her and Naomi might come back for War Games. Maybe.
0: It would make sense to go up against Damage Control, take the titles well, back. Well, maybe
1: to be with Damage Control, you never know.
0: Oh, there you go. they got... F-
1: but then again... That's if, a bold prediction. Well, if you think about it, you got, at the minute, uh, Bianca, Asuka, um, Can uh, Canis array and um, Lexus yeah. Bliss. So, yeah, we'll that?
0: have to see. We'll have to see. I like this one. I give this one a silver. Very good. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it.
1: I'll give it a free. we
0: We'll see what, what more they can do down the road. I want to see more of it. But yeah, I enjoyed it.
1: Well, what is next? Uh, you've got Crown Jewel, which they might have a women's match now that they've started having women's matches in Saudi Arabia. Maybe it is um, War Games of Survivor Series next. I
0: I... Yeah, yeah, we'll have, have to see. Actually. We'll see what they do. Up next, though, this was my match of the night. The I quit between Edge and Finn Balor. Um, this was a platinum for me. This is the top trophy. All right. This match, everything about it was brilliant. And I loved Michael Cole towards the end, delivered um an amazing performance on commentary yeah really really good and just the story like i say it was a slow build and you if you go in expecting that that's good i can't you know i can't really relate to anybody that that says they find these ones boring because i just don't like it's i like that slow build because you know by the time you get to the end and you've gone on that ride it all meant something and you're going to feel something at the end and that's the whole point of this right and we we do we they have that fight going into the crowd they take it up to the pre-show panel it's there's a lot of back and forth there and then by the time we're in the ring you know we the judgment day of course come out and then Ray comes out and you've got this whole thing going on there it's telling all these other little stories Ray Dominic of course still don't tap well they t- Dominic hits Ray again oh, that, but,
1: bit, that bit that I think was one of Michael's best until yeah until the, the end where it felt like he was doing the JR role from the Archie era, where it was like, someone to take him to the woodshed, beating him like a government mule. <laughs> yeah. But with the Michael Cole... And maybe, once again, it's not having the Vince McMahon influence, so that's making Michael Cole nice. <laughs> yeah, it it's certainly um, is
0: seeming that way. But you, you, we, we got that, and Ray coming out kind of was a surprise in a way. But yeah, then because I
1: didn't think he was going to come out for some weird reason.
0: I know, but Beth coming out was the big one. And Beth coming out... Um was awesome. She comes out and cleans house man. like she lays them all out. Um but <laughs> we get we get a little uh, retribution from Edge. He, he hits Dominic with the low blow when it, Dominic's trying oh, to shake his hand. Funny. That was cool. Edge levels everybody, but then we get this this stare down between Beth and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. And the crowd come unglued for this. And it was it was it just seems like, you know, when you get that moment and you're like yeah, I want to see that.
1: I, def- I definitely say that to myself.
0: I want to see that. And it was really, really good. But the finish of this match is what everybody's going to remember the most, rightly so, because it was just so, so good. Yes. Edge is there. He's like, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to get. He's got all the members of Judgment Day holding him. And then um, Rhea Ripley's knocked out Beth at this point from behind, punched to the back of the head, wearing brass knuckles. Um it, Beth is like motionless, face down on the mat. They're all holding Edge on his knees with arms out. Rhea goes out, puts the chair. She's threatening to give the concerto to Beth and Edge is forced to quit. The, the, he he the, says, I quit to stop her from doing it. But the what got me was that they just hesitated and hesitated and then they just did it anyway. It was so good.
1: The, my only problem with this, and it's, it's just me being me, I reckon, is Edge says, I quit. They ring the bell and Balor's like, What do you say, Edge? What do you say? Uh, yeah, but I mean it's just, just to get him to say it again, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You just you like, like to hear the words I quit from someone. I yeah, guess. but the,
1: the the This is my match tonight, and mainly on, yeah. on on the storytelling level. And, and oh, mainly, yeah. mainly the way that and that end that end happens. Because you're like, nah, there's no way they're going oh shit, they're just <laughs> and it looked brutal as well. Yeah. Like
0: it didn't, you know, whether it was the angle or whatever they did, but it looked brutal. And it was just, it just, it felt like a heartbreaking moment, which is what it was meant to be. Like yeah. just seeing, because they've done it again with the commentary, but on the commentary talking about, like, I think Edge's kids and stuff um, didn't want Edge to come out for this, but he's got to do what he's got to do and stuff. And you, you know, they plant those little bits, and then in the back of your mind, you see those sort of final moments of that match and you're like oh my god the kids are just watching like both of their parents have just been absolutely beaten yeah. up like it's horrifying and it just solidifies judgment day as this real top tier heel uh team in if, wwe which at
1: one point didn't feel like it was going to happen
0: no that... i i always felt like there was always the the possibility that they could reach some really good heights with that team but again under a different creative um uh, direction maybe so under like, triple maybe, h maybe i feel that... like he, he probably just gets it a bit more maybe
1: that is the reason yeah i'd probably um, say so they're think they good, the rumours of them were going to be like a spooky Dark Order type?
0: <laughs> no, I'm really happy. I'm really happy with how it's am played I, out. Am
1: I right in thinking Michael Cole very gently says, Sons of bitches.
0: He actually says, son of bitches.
1: Yeah, I swear, it was definitely, it wasn't Corrie. son of bitches. <laughs> Which is, a great line. It's probably the first time since when he did the anal bleeding line. It's the, th- the, <laughs> the first time that I've... Weird something like that. I would
0: have expected anal bleeding in the strap-on match, but maybe that's why I found it disappointing.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, <I laughs> no bleeding.
0: I... It's PG show.
1: No, no, no
0: blading.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they didn't have the, um, the, t- the booketeer going, <laughs> what? <laughs> Shooky, ducky, quack, quack.
0: No, this was fun. This was a brilliant
1: match. I just thought, of, I just remembered. Um, it was the ladder match when... I don't know when the kid Kit is in the crowd. Mm. Not, yeah. not, not the women's champ. Not the NXT women's possible Champion. Possible call up soon. Um,
0: possible call up.
1: But it just felt it felt weird because.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but um, yeah, the I Quit. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five.
0: It was great. It was it was but, really um, really good. And again, what I said at the predictions, but it's mad to think Edge could be coming towards the end of this career now. Uh, again, you know, on on his terms, yeah. but. He just feels at the top of his game.
1: What, what, uh, what is left? Is it going to be Edge and Beth?
0: So much you've got now. You've got Bray in there as well. No, but, but like, oh, you mean with this this with particular this, story? This story what, There's what so is, many different threads, isn't there? You've got Dominic and Ray.
1: Well, Dominic and Ray is going to happen in Mania.
0: You've got Dominic and Ray. You've got you can do, do you know Beth what? and Rhea. You can do Edge and Beth taking on Finley and Finley, uh, <laughs> Finn Pallor and Rhea together, like. There's a lot of different ways could, you could go about they, this because I, I, I feel actually now I, I take back what I kind of said in the predictions. Um, sorry to cut you off, but the what I said about I couldn't really see who was next for Bianca Belair. I make it Rhea Ripley. Could be. What about a monster heel? That's what yeah. Bianca would. I mean, that would be great. Do you know
1: what? I, there's a few. There's a couple more things that made me laugh. Was oh, maybe go why did, why did this happen? Or maybe was like, one. Why didn't Dominic try and take Ray Mysterio's mask off when he had the chance? He
0: knows what his dad looks like.
1: It could have been like an even bigger heel thing than clothes on No,
0: yeah, they'll save that for Mania. I'm, t- I'm telling and, you, he'll take Ray's mask
1: at Mania. And two, wasn't Damien Priest mainly useless for most of that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the only thing he did was the self of heaven. He maybe maybe be- he
0: was getting worried because he thought the white bunny was, was going to be bad bunny and bad bunny was going to come out and whoop his ass. Yeah, probably. That's my storyline reason for it.
1: Also, another <laughs> weird thing is: why did the referees come out and no, no doctors come out? Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know that. the doctor, Trust me, I'm a doctor. I know that the doctor <laughs> they got rid of him, the one that had the CM Punk lawsuit. We still got doctors there, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, <and> then, <laughs> yeah, but if, if it was the only one that everyone knew about. <laughs>
0: uh, no, this it was fantastic. But you yeah, should absolutely that, go watch on that, this one. Yeah, it's a great match. It's really good.
1: A match that I didn't think was going to be as good as it was.
0: Honestly, no. I, I I always thought this was going to be good. I'm going to blame my own trumpet on that. People keep sleeping on um, these Edge matches, and I I don't know why. I really don't know why.
1: No, um, those
0: that know what they're going to get with Edge obviously will will stick with it. But people, I just don't get it. Then, I, I guess like sometimes that slower pace matches is not for you. And I mean, that's fair and enough. Another Fred, Fred uh,
1: throughout the show was referring referencing old matches. Power. Yeah,
0: really cool. They've started doing that a lot. Well, the main event time, Ashley, let's get to it. It is Fight Pit. Matt Riddle taking on Seth Rollins, Blood Feud. The match is going to be officiated by uh, Mixed Martial Arts legend, Daniel Cormier. Uh, This was the first Fight Pit match on WWE, main roster at least. The actual set itself looks amazing. It looked really cool coming down. They did a really good job of hyping this up. They did a good job with the video package. All the video packages in the night were great um uh, but they did a really good exceptionally good job with this one um daniel Cormier's role i think was a little bit uh less impactful than i expected it to be
1: i like i like how he um when he said like um you're not fighting me and he would free through Riddle right. Oh my
0: god! Yeah, he like Riddle face planted it to the point where Riddle was like a scorned child afterwards. Said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um. What what did get me though? Because they call him out on commentary for it, and it <laughs> I don't agree When someone was down and he's going to check on him, yeah. When he should have just been counting, and I get it. Like I suppose that's that MMA influence. But again, this is probably just me, and I've always said this. I maintain it to this day. I just don't like too much of a blend of MMA with WWE. They just don't belong together. They're different. They're, they're far too different. You can't, you, it just can't be done. And that's why I was interested to see how Daniel Cormier would factor into it because he's adding that sort of legitimacy to it. But then the, but then the commentary side, Like, if it was just on its own and commentary maybe had backed him up, then it would probably been easier to get behind. But commentary being like, what are you doing? He's got to count him out. He's just checking on him. It was just,
1: yeah. It and, kind
0: of sometimes took me out of it a little bit. And I was like, you know, that's basically like being reminded, like, oh, yeah, what Daniel Cormier did was real.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just, I don't want to be reminded of that like, there. He
1: is a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is a
0: wrestling fan. And he, and he did, and he did, for what he did, he did well. But it's just, it felt, I've, I just expected more from Daniel Cormier. I don't know. I, I oh, don't know what to say. That's I, my own fault for, again, putting my own um, illusions of grandeur on it. But, it just it sound, is what it is And
1: know this might sound a bit unfair but when he came out in the referee shirt if you didn't know who he was you'll probably think what's this looking like an out of shape bloke doing i know that's the I know, yeah that what they he, probably that, could have done they, with
0: though they could have probably done with more hype of how yeah. good of a fighter he was if they
1: could have shown footage of even like the old strike force from the UFC footage
0: that's a rights issue i guess isn't it but you know, it's not like they haven't got the money for it. They they probably could have done it. They've well, used I, the UFC before. I
1: did like the fact they brought up things like, well, he didn't beat John Jones, but Matt Riddle did. <laughs>
0: yeah, during those college days. Yeah, which I think he talks about on Corey Graves' podcast.
1: And then, um, like how he celebrated Seth Rollins uh, winning the yeah when NBA he cashed one. in. Yeah, um,
0: the 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 finish of the match is Matt Riddle does get the win over Seth. So the face wins to close out the, the, well, match-wise of the show. Uh He delivers that incredible senton, which I think he got all of that.
1: Oh, definitely. And the fact that they didn't know what it was. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's just, well, it is a senton. I don't know what his, it, his name for it is, but it's, its I don't proton. know how, it's not it though, is it? Is it Broton? No. It, would make it sense. might be Broton. It makes sense. They called it something else. Yeah. Whatever they called it, it wasn't that, but... but um, he delivers it from that platform, which is it has got to be around about twelve, thirteen feet, probably above the the canvas, maybe a bit more. But he delivers it from that, and yeah, man, he gets all of it. But,
1: but I, the, I did like the fact that um, it had to be on in the the uh, the mat. It didn't—it couldn't be on the top. Yeah. And the fact, like, why why can't Cormier climb? Because well, he doesn't need to. Oh yeah, no, exactly. But I did get a bit scared when they were throwing. When they looked like they were going to throw. <laughs> Uh, riddle through the
0: top <laughs> yeah they, they, it was good I, it I was always going to end up on the platform as well and they yeah. did some stuff up there the only thing I'd say for me was that the match felt like a tutorial you know you start a game and you're doing a mission that's a mission but it's you know really it's there as a tutorial yeah. And then, and I got a little bit of that from this because it was the introduction to the big mainstream WWE audience and so they really did zero in on that whole like Seth Rollins shouting down to Daniel Cormier count him out, count him out when Riddle's down, but he's on the platform. Yeah, and it's it like, no, a, I can't do that. Yeah, that
1: was a good a I good like
0: rest. it, it's good. But it just it there was a lot of it and it was it just th- just little things like that. Um made me feel it just sort of give me give me a little bit of PTSD for Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, when you're out in the snow. And it's great. Like the first time you play it especially is fantastic, but the more times you replay the game the more you just like, oh, when do I get out of this snow and get into yeah. the main map? Like it just feels a bit like that. Um, I'm, I'm not to do the match down. I, I did really enjoy this, and I think it was a cool way to close the show. But, but my I'm, my rating for that one is silver. Um, Anderson silver. That's what I'd give this one. It yeah. just it felt like I not don't know what it me. was. I don't know what it was, but it just felt no. Um, no, the silver that's going to take on Jake Paul, yeah. the relevant one.
1: <laughs> what, until crown job until crown Jewel, yeah
0: the um yeah it, it, i don't know what it was but it just felt like it lacked something for me and that's not to say it was bad i did enjoy it but at this point in the night you if you give your um well, you give your rating for it well, and then i'll i'll sort of come to where we'll we'll go back to the crowd issue yeah
1: one, i'd say it the, it was about it was number three maybe 3.25. The only problem with my this match was it, I don't think it felt like the main event.
0: No, it didn't. And I didn't.
1: found out it was either between that or the ladder match that would have been the main event. Oh, that
0: is interesting.
1: But I don't think anything would have been... The thing is, no
0: matter how you look at it, none of the matches were the main event. No,
1: if, but if, you, if, it was just like, if it was just like nothing else happened after the main event, mm. and the last shot was Cormier... Um, raising Briddles hand, which was a bit, because obviously they were getting it, they're getting the timing right. Yeah, so they yeah. To yeah. fit enough timing, even though it's on their network, they can do whatever they want. But it felt a bit quick after this brutal, and, broad and match. But I liked it. It, but, it
0: it was good. What would you give it?
1: Uh, I'd say I'm gonna go for three point two five.
0: Yeah, it, it was good. I th- but one of the biggest pops of the whole thing was Rollins' attire, which he's becoming really good with now with yes. his premium live event ones. He comes out with his. Do we say homage to Rob Van Damme, or was it. As th- it kind of was a homage to Rob Van Damme, and it looked really well, cool. It wasn't a
1: parody, was it? Apart from the fact his hair. In fact, weird thing him with. Two of the weird things in the night was Karen Cross's hair, is still weird, and the fact that. <laughs> we never gets beaten up, it's in weird positions. <laughs> yeah. And seeing Seth Rollins in a po- I don't know why, but, seeing, but seeing, seeing Seth Rollins in a ponytail was weird. I Wrestling know, in a yeah. ponytail, yeah. I know, obviously, for the RVD bit.
0: No, and I, he did, I, he did, I did Seth it.
1: freaking Rollins, which was, which was cool.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I liked that.
1: But, um, I popped
0: for it. But to to talk about the crowd side of things, so again, it's a silver for me. I think we're pretty much on par with how our ratings yeah, work I'll with each so. other. But the crowd for me, this is where I think this is i think no matter what the main event was it was going to kind of suffer a little bit just because wwe again they booked this white rabbit thing so so well that we get to the main event and we still not have the reveal and i think to a degree again you've got to remember how good the i quit match was and this one is following it directly after so a you're going to have a tiny maybe a tiny bit of burnout from the i quit but also people are probably a little bit on edge like not that Don't because he lost, I swear, it? <laughs> but they're a little bit kind of like are we actually going to get like is there genuinely a chance they they will actually just swerve everybody and White Rabbit isn't coming well, the way and, they, I, and I feel like that probably is what sucked a bit of the atmosphere out because people were getting a bit
1: worried well, the way they did the way they did it was the old champer yeah but we'll get to that but um, I, it just felt to me like apart from like certain moments like with the eye quit the crowd just didn't do anything to me and I've I've said that a match could be good if the crowd's into it as well.
0: This is where though again not to draw too many comparisons between. Sorry about the sirens, I live in the in the slums. Um, I don't really. It's not too bad. The <laughs> the um, the the where I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but crowd wise, when you look at CM Punk's return to uh, AW to wrestling on Rampage last year and. This Bray Wyatt return, which probably is going to go down as one of the greatest returns in WWE history, just because of how great it was and the pop and everything and all that. Like I said, the build to it was brilliant. But the difference being that AEW just got it out of the way straight away. And -hmm. I feel like if they hadn't have done, all they would have had all night was... Um, CM Punk chance, and then people might have been falling a bit flat towards the end if he wasn't com- like he hadn't showed up yet. But, and I feel like that's probably what happened. But I am surprised, and I don't know if that was some sort of audio wizardry that they were pulling off in the production truck or what. But no Bray Wyatt chance through the night, not that I noticed. No,
1: there was one thing we haven't talked about. I can't remember before which match it was, but they were showing the crowd, and they, they did a little bit of a zoom on a right rabbit. Oh, okay. I can't remember which match
0: up. There was lots of little bits like that before the show. I saw on Twitter people that were arriving at the arena. They were being handed out word searches. Yeah, and I saw that.
1: And when they when they supposed to have been giving the crowd like signs
0: and signs and stuff that ye who enter here abandon all hope and all that kind of stuff or exit here abandon all hope. So for um, the first
1: time, in it's, since it happened, the world, uh, the wrestling exposed documentary actually did something right. <laughs> they said the book of gay out signs.
0: There you go. But yeah, it was the main event really wasn't the match. It wasn't the match. It was the white rabbit reveal. And like you said, they timed it right. Riddle's up on there, raising his hat, or well, Cormio's raising his hand on the ramp and then boom, lights go out. Cole turns to Graves. Are we still on air? Are we still on air? And then this is when we get this the reveal.
1: Yeah. Um
0: which was amazing.
1: Oh, I loved it. Especially cuz it felt I didn't think they were going to do like any the Firefly Funhouse anymore. I thought it was just going to be like a different version of Bray. But when, um, what was the first one that came out? Was it? Um, well,
0: the, the, the order of how this works out the lights go out and everybody loses their minds because they're like, oh my God, we are going to get something. And obviously, all the phone lights are out, the Fireflies are out. They immediately just that like they just confirm it, and again we always like oh, it's got to be Bray, it's got to well, be Bray, and we'd have been all, we would have been disappointed if it wasn't. No,
1: but when they played, he's got the whole world in his hands. Exactly. And as soon the-
0: as it came out, everybody knew, everyone cheered, and it was like this is Bray. It's the song, you know, it's his song. He's got the whole world, and it was that kind of like real like twisted version of it. And then during that, and it kept going on and on and on, building the suspense. And yeah, what you're saying there is the Firefly Funhouse characters in real life. And the first one is the pig, which yeah. again, I can't remember, is um, Huskus, I think it was. I think yeah, it's Huskus Huskus the Huskus. pig boy. Yeah, Huskus Pig Boy. And it's that, and it's terrifying. And they just have that quick spotlight on for like a fraction of a second, and then boof, it's gone. Then the next one to come up was Mercy the Buzzard,
1: who I think was. Um... Some from NXT,
0: but um, yeah. I've seen a lot of that, but I think
1: I, it was, I think it's Grayson Waller,
0: yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people saying that, but um, but is is Waller, could Waller be Huskers because Waller is is Waller's the one that people are saying like that's kind of like Bray, but over in NXT, right? Like that, no, kind that's of...
1: um, what's his name?
0: You know which one I mean? I yeah, not I, I haven't seen the, yeah, I can't
1: remember his name now, um.
0: But maybe that one. I've seen like some um, theories that potentially he could be. If they're going to have people that are already there, that could be Huskus. But anyway, yeah, they do Huskus, then Mercy, then um, uh, then I think it was Abby. it was Rabbit. Was it a Rabbit? I think it was maybe. Yeah. Then then Abigail. Yeah. Then it was then it was Abby the Witch because she's sort of like more yeah, like weirdly down... weirdly.
1: I thought it was going to be um, Alexa Bliss again.
0: Joe, you know I really liked though one of the the two Brody Lee references I caught.
1: I did I know there was some. I'd never caught him.
0: I've caught two. If there was more, then comment um, wherever you, you're hearing this. But I got, I got two. One of them was Abby the Witch. She's wearing, you know, when Brody was Luke Harper and with Eric Rowan doing the Bludgeon Brothers, yeah. And they'd come out in them like skull mask things.
1: All right. Abby
0: the Witch is wearing Brody's skull mask okay. under that veil. So she's wearing that nice little nod, and then then there was that weird like I think it was like the burn version of Bray Wyatt, like the fiend's head. That was just on Michael Cole that, and Corey yeah, Graves' that, table.
1: The, the angle didn't make it make it easy.
0: No, I had to watch that a few times, and I've watched this whole thing back quite a few times already now because it really is brilliant. But well, I, I'm pretty sure it's Bray White. It's like the, it's the it's the burned fiend. Head. It might
1: have been, but I was expecting when Michael Cole says, when they, when they head, I think, cause Michael Cole just said everything. It wasn't Corey Graves, just,
0: which I liked because it yeah. felt very authentic. But I was going to go. What the fuck is this? <laughs> But then, the, then you get the the final one, which was where I think people thought it was actually Bray, because it was the fiend. It was someone dressed up with the fiend. Someone dressed up with with the fiend mask on, and everyone was popping for it. And then it just then it went. And then we kind of like go to the entrance ramp where this kind of this door with loads of vines around it's there, and you can see some light peering through and some smoke, some dry ice coming through it. And then they slowly pan up to the the big screen. And we get the Firefly Funhouse tune, like being like like really like slow, it's slow and winding down, or like, real creepy. And everything's got cobwebs on it. Yeah, I all that. the characters look like they've been abandoned and dead, and they're all just there. And then we get like the like because the mask that Bray Wyatt comes out in, that kind of like weird sort of devil smiling mask thing. Yeah, um, I couldn't. I still can't understand what he's actually saying. there's that thing of him on the tv screen wearing that mask and he's saying something and i think it is like um you know who killed the world you did i think that's what it is Uh, but then yeah then we get back to the the door again and it just swings open on its own all the lights are out and then we just get this one tiny little light yes and it's the lantern and everybody's losing their goddamn minds Second Brodie Lee reference of the night, what I caught here, was the blue sort of spinning light behind him. Because when Brodie Lee first debuted in AEW as the uh, Exalted one, you know the thing when he's walking down the hallway and he's got the the little lamp and...
1: That's probably, to be fair, probably the only reference I got. Yeah. But I didn't really think about it at the time. It was
0: awesome. No, I didn't, because the whole thing was just like, there was so much to take in. But yeah, watching it back, you you catch it. And then, yeah, he comes out, crowd are going nuts, holy shit, shit chance starts, and it's amazing. And then he just pulls the mask off, and it's it's definitely Bray. Yeah. He's it's there. Really done it's like definitely Bray. <laughs> do, do you remember that? And then rumor? it's that I'm here, and whoosh, that's it. The show's done. Well,
1: you, you say whoosh, he he did it after the light went off. Yeah, that's only a slight thing. Though. You can't don't no. you can't put it down for that. No, but good. Yeah, and then this weird to uh, it's like an upside down. Is it a wasp or a fly?
0: A firefly, isn't it? like it a version of, like, a Firefly. And that's, that's,
1: that's the last image, and that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I,
0: I'm actually rating that segment because that was the main event, and I rate that Platinum Plus. Fair. It was beyond Fair. the Platinum for me. I just don't... The way they did everything from the, the fan and audience engagement, to like, you know, handing stuff out and having rabbits walk around arenas and stuff and QR I mean. codes everywhere. They even had... I'd seen... Um, oh my God, I'd written this down and I haven't got it in front of me. There's um, one of the other brilliant podcasts out there. Um, I will link this below when I find this. Um, But they was live on their show and they called the number for White Rabbit Records Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when it was coming out on the QR code. And the theory was, if you called White Rabbit Records, the actual place, and just said... um, I think it might have been like who, if you actually ask them who killed the world or something like that, and the person that will answer the phone to you will just t- will just wait and then go, "Let me in, huh. let him in." Like that's how intricate this was. Like it was it was going out to like things that were nothing to do with wrestling. This was so well done. I I honestly think as much as everybody loves this now, I don't think you, th- there's a saying that you don't know you're in the good old days until you're no longer in the good old days, and I think. There's a p- part of that that applies here. I think we, we realise how good this is, but I don't know if we really truly appreciate how well done this has been. Oh no! And we won't until we're a few years out and we look back on it and go, do you know what? That probably really is one of the best um, angles and returns in WWE history. I honestly believe that. I really do. I
1: think so. Because um, at first I thought, uh, they're going to play the right rabbit song which probably they can't because of the origins that's why they don't do it in the yeah but, um, uh, it's
0: still the, the, but it could be his new entrance thing
1: I'd like it to be
0: it'd be brilliant like a, a different version of it I think that make you know loads of sense it would definitely fit
1: we don't really know which type of Bray Wyatt we're getting
0: no and that's what I loved about it even more we all we needed at Extreme Rules was the reveal of Bray Wyatt and that's all we got they didn't give everything to us all in one go and that's brilliant now I want to see Raw I want to see SmackDown. We don't know if he's going to be on Raw. We don't know if he's on SmackDown. We don't know if he's a heel, if he's a face. We don't know what he's doing. because he hasn't beaten anyone up. No, it was... And that's what... It was just so good. Like, sometimes you only need something simple like that. And it's not that the whole thing was simple. It wasn't. It was super complex. But the reveal was simple. It was Bray Wyatt walking through a door, holding a lantern, just saying, I'm here, and then blowing a lantern out. That's all it was. And it was perfect.
1: Is it the best... Maybe just... In wrestling, in general, the best ending to a big event show.
0: One of, I think that's a conversation to have after a lot more going back and, and probably lot, revisiting. I, I
1: know people might say things like, um, obviously, All Out last year with the the way that Adam Cole debuted. And Brian. Does. Oh yeah,
0: no, I still maintain. I think but, that All Out show last year was great in terms of an AEW show. But I mean, like show, the, the, WWE, the way the
1: way the way the show ended.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was brilliant. It ended on such a good positive note and that's what I really really like and that's what really feels fresh about WWE especially after that show Mm. I think we've got to rate the whole show overall based on our ratings what would you give this show overall well it's
1: it's tough for me because I I felt like two matches were amazing the opener and the I quit I do like the main event but everything else in between those just wasn't
0: everything had a trophy for me and that didn't need to be the case if I'm there being, could have been one that i was like you know what nah i wasn't really into it
1: being honest it's either it's going to be a three and a half
0: i'm get i give this one a gold overall on the basis that there's a platinum match in there and that end that main event reveal of the white rabbit being bray was just beyond any any made-up trophy you can ever throw at it Do you know what i mean yeah. like That alone bumps it right up. There's a couple silvers in there, a couple uh, bronzes, there's a gold, and there's two platinums. The show was gold, and you have to take into account again, it wasn't like a bit. You know, Roman Reigns wasn't there. No bloodline. They didn't have the yeah. They had the vignette, but they didn't have their biggest marquee star on the show, and they still pulled off an amazing, memorable. That's that's brilliant. That's so good.
1: Um, match match quality wise the whole show is a 3.5 the show itself would be about a 3.75 because of the bro stuff and the commentary and presentation was good
0: it was great everything and I honestly I'm really looking forward to what's next and I love that feeling I'm so glad I never thought I would be sat here at this point in a year Bit, like talking about how much I'm enjoying WWE, I'd gone off it so much to the point like I'd, I'd look at it and just go, Ugh, "This just isn't even wrestling for me anymore." And I know it's still early days with Triple H. Oh yeah, but, but we've, we've, I, the thing is, like, if they're doing well and other wrestling companies are doing well, and I can just enjoy wrestling no matter where I go, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. So I'm
1: happy with Nasty Scarlet. So
0: yeah, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we all are. We all are. are you but, the first
1: of crown jewel. I am,
0: weirdly enough. You're going
1: to yeah. watch it? I actually might do. Yeah,
0: I actually might do. We'll see what the, how the rest of the card shapes up. Um, but uh, it's pretty good. We've got Raw tonight, of course. The, um, so uh, we'll see if,
1: it's the season premiere. The
0: season premiere of Raw, which has got the Bloodline will be there. Uh, the Seth X. Rollins will be... Challenger for the US title, yep, DX's um, twenty fifth yeah. anniversary.
1: Well, twenty yeah, fifth anniversary of like the Since when they triple yeah. H era. but didn't it feel weird that they kind of cut off Billy Gunn? Well, he's in another. I think for obvious reasons it's, they can Yeah, it is what it is. But they had
0: JR's voice. <laughs> well, there you go. You can't cut JR out. No. Nah. Extreme rules, everybody. That's our review. If you enjoyed the show, let us know. Just let us know what you thought of it. Um, as you can tell, we both obviously really enjoyed it. Very excited to see what's coming up next in WWE's world. Um, if you've liked this show, do like. Sh- uh, what are we what? Wait. Do do like, share, subscribe, follow. Whatever the lingo is, wherever you listen to us. Of course, we're on all major podcasting platforms. So wherever you find us in your ears, make sure to follow if you haven't already, um, and do all the other nice stuff. I guess five star reviews. Give us a Seth Rogen Rollins five star frog splash review on Apple and Spotify. And on social media, Ash, where can the good folks find us?
1: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. That's
0: technically social media, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Uh,
1: what, what, anything but TikTok.
0: Anything but, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll get a TikTok maybe one day. Probably. Get OnlyFans. How about that? <laughs> no one's paying for that. No.
1: Uh, <laughs> Patreon, uh, Patreon, No one's paying for that.
0: No. <laughs> we don't want your money. We're grateful for your time. And... We're very grateful that you sat down with us and you've made it to the end of this episode. So well done, you. Uh, do catch us next week. Next week, we've got a, a, a very interesting one next week. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to be did you knowing with each other. It's going to be a I'm quick going. episode next week, but we're going <laughs> yeah, to we're, we're going to go back and forth with some did you know. Did you
1: know? Yeah, I did. All right,
0: then. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll find some stuff in there that you didn't know. And it can be quite insightful for you, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, everybody, wherever you are, we hope you're having a great day. Once again, um, it is uh, World Mental Health Day, so do 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 be kind to each other. And if you feel that you are in a place where you need support, you need help, please go and find it. Please reach out wherever you are in the world. There's plenty of different organisations out there. Um, there's plenty of help out there. Never feel like you are alone. If you ever want to talk to us talk to us because we're idiots but we love one. it really don't yeah. we yeah. and we love you thank you everybody until next time stay safe have a good one and
1: let me in let me in <laughs> i'm running nowhere, mate obviously <laughs>